Hi again, welcome back to another episode of Star Trek Prodigy on the Trekway. Cheers, Gray. Um, season 1, episode 16. Uh, the review today will be, or the review episode is called Preludes. Um, better than last week's episode, Gray, I think. That was not yeah. hard to actually beat that considering how crap it was. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Uh, you like this one, though, yeah? Yeah, I definitely liked it better. I I still have some issues that we'll talk about, but uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely better than the last one. At least they're kind of back more on keel now, I guess, or whatever. They must have watched last week's episode. What can I say, Gray? And proved it last That's week. Right. They listened to you. They listened to you, mate. Um, That's it, man. They're okay. just doing these episodes <laughs> right as we talk. Let's listen to them, and then we'll do the episode. No last yeah. minute alterations, silly. There's practicalities. Yeah, they right. bring the they bring the actors in to do last minute uh, voiceovers. Quick changes because the Trekway said that. Yeah, but we, we listened to Gray. Wasn't happy with something. We have to change it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, it was better than last week. It was, and it was it was decent. We'll, we'll get to our final thoughts and obviously scores and stuff at the end. But yeah, we'll kick off there. Uh, Gray, Gray's got some notes he's added here that some things that I've missed and whatnot. So we should cover everything. Um, we we kick off this week's episode with uh VA Janeway's when I call her, Vice Admiral Janeway. She she's frustrated, Grace, she's a frustrated Vice Admiral because she cannot enter the neutral zone, nor will the proto star come out, and they're ignoring still ignoring all hails. Um and then obviously well not obviously, she finds out uh she actually can put names to faces now of the protostar crew and gray notes here that's something i missed out it was thanks to the intercepted bounty put out by such and such whom we'll discuss that later on we don't want to spoil it at the start you you turn off and go to sleep um so she can actually put name to faces now we'll get to one particular particular character uh, oh, screw it, Gwen on there that she doesn't click straight away who that is just looking at her, you know, I just, I thought it was a bit silly Gray, but um, yeah. there is a bit later on where we actually talk about that um, now I had a little chuckle here in the next part because uh, we actually have Dow trying to fix something now, we know Jankum Pogs are an engineer decent engineer but we've actually got Dow trying to fix something and making a bit of an arse of himself electrocuting himself <laughs> He's not very good at it. I think he manages to fix something grey, maybe a little bit after that. I, I don't recall. Well, I think I think it was Gwen or something said that, you know, we are supposed to work as a team. You know, she was explaining to them, like, you know, we may not be the engineer, but we're going to follow whatever Jankum tells us to fix. <laughs> whatever Jankum yeah. tells us to fix. He's the boss. He's the exactly. boss. No, they they are trying to they are trying to fix the auxiliary warp drive, I believe it's called, which is used for the proto star, the proto jump, 
the proto thing inside it. We still don't fully understand, Gray, how this bloody thing works. Something to yeah, do with how it came about either. A little star. I think it's like a small artificial star that powers it, but I'm sure I'm sure the Romulan Warbird is warp drive is powered by a small black hole, if I, if I remember my tech geek Star Trekness. Um so this was I still don't understand how it works compared to that and slipstream and, and whatnot. All I know is when you saw a chase two, three weeks ago between the Dauntless and the Proto Star, they were very close to one another. Yeah. So I'm thinking Proto Star is going to be a one off and never happen again. It's just going to be slipstream now. Would you like to see slipstream be the next thing, Gray? Because it's not instantaneous like the spore drive. Just don't even talk about the spore drive to me, please. <laughs> <laughs> not yet anyway <laughs> the slipstream i think is pretty much a foregone conclusion it's being accepted or being put into more ships or maybe being put into more of the 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 higher end ships i guess yeah you know or whatever and that makes sense although I, you and i were talking off camera a little bit about how far can you push the actual speed because they say that i think they said warp drive yeah, it was like it started out as like nine point nine five. Then they said that now with the slipstream, I think it's nine point nine seven. So what does that mean? Protostar is nine point nine nine because they can't pass the mythical ten. Yeah, you know and stuff. So they just kind of like. But I guess in terms of when you're talking light speeds and stuff, I guess even those fractions makes the difference. What what happens when we hit warp ten, Gray? Do you remember? Do you recall? I forget, but they break all kinds of bizarre laws of you, physics. And... You end up with alien babies. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, that was Tom Paris and Tom Paris and Captain Janeway at the time on Voyager. That episode. Oh, but, like, okay. Yeah, I yeah. remember the episode you're talking he, about. Isn't that where they look like uh, slugs on the. Yeah, uh, like salamanders or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, sorry, but that episode was not a good episode. I, 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 see if they haven't. See if they'd not done the whole. Um, babies and mutation thing it would have been fine if it just been some other way to explain what happens when yeah. you go to warp 10 yeah. the fact that he was everywhere at once which is what warp 10 is supposed to be now that you're, you're not really supposed to hit it they can but it's not going to work out too well for you it was a bit silly but hey at least tom yeah. paris can say he boned the captain yeah okay <laughs> i mean he did now they're going to write a story about the kid someday. Do you not remember mm. afterwards when he was apologizing yeah, to yeah, the captain? Yeah. She's like, no, 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 no. We don't talk about this again, there. basically. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I hope to have kids someday. Just just not it's, like that. Instant emotion. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Guarantee you somebody's going to be writing a story about that. And we're going to be going like this. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Discovery <laughs> season five. Um, anyhow. Uh, yeah, so they're, so they're trying to fix this proto, uh, proto drive, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, slipstream all the way, um, and we 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 get to hear at this stage, Gray, all the crew's backstories, proper backstories. Actually, yeah. finally, it took them long enough. Um, we start off with Rock. Uh, I felt a little bit sorry for her. She, she she we find out how she came to be on that mining planet at the start of the season with all the other crew. Um, she was known as um, the monster or a monster. Uh, mm. All you heard her do was grunt and make monster noises purely because I think the Universal Translator wasn't a thing for them. So she's probably trying to talk and it just comes out as a roar. Which is a little bit strange, but anyway. Um, yeah. She has to... She's in a fighting arena. As soon as I see this, I'm getting vibes of... 
Thor, Love and Thunder. No, it's Love and Thunder. It was Love and Thunder, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was a bit better than... Uh... No, that was Ragnarok. Love and Thunder was the one after. That was it. Where the, yeah. the Hulk's in the arena uh, smashing up. Yeah, Thor. exactly. Yeah. Um, and I felt a little bit sorry for her at this stage. Um, she does end up becoming kind of friends and pally with this random alien dude. The hero is Gray's calling him. Yeah, we'll call him the hero. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a nice name. The, in the, the in monster the story, and the hero. You, yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a, like a kid's book. The monster and the hero. It, well, yeah, it kind of is a little bit, actually. Um, I mean, they're, they're both kind of pallied friends of each other, actually. Um, I, this is the point where I first noted Gray uh, that the Kazon were back. Um, they were doing a little shady deal um, to take away... Uh, the Rock, or The Rock? No, that's Dwayne Johnson. Rock, R O K, not R O C K. Um, that's right. And that's when I first noticed the on They pop up more than once during this episode, and I, I kind of yeah. like the fact they're back because they're kind of like the scummy species of the Delta Quadrant. Um, maybe I don't know, like the Fer- the Ferengi of the Delta Quadrant. I don't know. Um, uh, but Gray, you've noted here. Um, you found it a, a tad strange that Ailey could not figure out Rock's limeage. Really? Why? Well, because I figured that this guy's making money because he's doing these fights and people are paying him good money to see these fights with the hero and the monster, right? Yeah. And at that time, and 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 it actually for quite a long time in Starfleet, uh, Universal Translator was quite, quite, quite common. Everybody carries one. It's not like it's something that it's so hard to get. They're just, they're everywhere. So I'm sitting there going like, please, seriously, after all this time with the money that this guy's making, you couldn't buy even a basic one? I mean, yeah, you know, it takes yeah, two yeah. seconds for us to go to Google Translate. So in the future, they, they he doesn't, he's not holding a, tra- a, a universal translator. You, you learn uh, a language after a while naturally anyway of most languages if you're around someone for long enough. Right. You know, so. And, and so, right. And so all, so all he knew is like little maybe you know, twinkles of an eye or a thumbs up or, okay, please. You got to learn more than that. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm stretching a little bit, but I thought just, that just sounded kind of weak. Yeah. Um, you're wrong. You're wrong. You know, and, and, the, and plus I did, they, I think they kind of, you saw what happened, but they didn't really go into it as much in, of explaining about what the hero, you know, how much of the hero was a big, that's was conf- a dick for selling rock that's off. confused me, that's bad. Why? Yeah, I mean, they, they exactly. So he goes and just sells her off after all this time that they've been together, and he seems to care about her. I thought he was trapped in it as well with her. I don't. Yeah, think, exactly, I, I don't think exactly. he was the ringleader. So how can he be selling her off? I thought he was just yeah, trapped there. It like just her. seemed it seemed Strange. rushed and just kind of thrown in there. And this is what I'm talking about about the writing. This gets me nuts when they sit there and they they write well. And then they come up to something where they just gotta just throw something in or not explain something. And it's yeah, just, it's getting nutty. It's getting nuts to me already. That would but have been whatever. That would have been really easy to fix if they just, you know, the ringleader yeah. came in, not not hero, the ringleader, and went right. Okay, you're not doing your part. We're selling you off now. There you go. That was so easy. I fixed that. In or seconds. or he could have just or he could have just gotten angry with her and said, "Listen, we gotta we're parting ways and kick the kick her the hell out." Oh yeah, even that works. That would have made much more sense than sitting there. Like, Let's sell her off. Like, and he seems sad the whole time. I'm like, okay, right, whatever. Yeah, uh, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was a little bit of a letdown. That part, I must admit. Um, 
but it doesn't drag the whole episode down, thankfully. No. Um, yeah. We move on to Zero next, our favourite Medusin. Um, how he, I believe it is a he, ended up in the Delta, despite it sounding like a she, but who am I to argue with the PC crowd in 2022, mate? Uh, I don't know. Very well entity. could be a he. The entity. <laughs> uh, yeah, we find out how uh, Zero ended up in the Delta Quadrant. Uh, and the goddamn K is on her back again. It's back again. <laughs> God damn it, man. I mean, the, the, the three, four appearances in this episode, we haven't seen them in bloody ages. Anyway, uh, the this this whole scene um, I liked a little bit because Zero and the other Medusans were in their natural form, kind of floating about and the really place. And, and they go up to, Zero goes up to, we assume it's Zero, goes up to an insect. Now, it must only work on people with certain level of intelligence because the insect doesn't automatically get fried, but it then gets eaten by a rock right. creature right behind it, which I found amusing. Um, yeah. so they're all floating about, and then their plan is they're going to go off to explore. Now, I mean, you could delve into this for ages, but they're going, they go to a ship. So you think at that level of consciousness, right? Think Star right. Why were they in the ship? Yeah, think Stargate and, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. like the Ori or something, or the humans that have, I can't remember what they're called, the ancients, when they go into like a, you know, uh, energy types energy state. state yeah yes yeah, so why do you need a bloody ship I, I, I... the only thing that i could think of in in a, <laughs> if i'm going to throw an ex- explanation out there is the fact that they can't travel as fast by themselves as a ship could so they only yeah. utilize the ship when they really got to go fast yeah yeah they'd no. survive space probably naturally out there without a case but right. they wouldn't like murph but they wouldn't be able to go at any kind of significant speed right yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but it doesn't explain the next part. Yeah, 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 yeah. About the Kazon. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that dr- drove me nutty was I'm sitting there going like, so the Kazon are staring at the Medusa, but nothing happens. Now, the only thing I can think of... They had visors on that the face. They had these red visors over their eyes. Mm. And so I'm going like, eh, I don't know. Stretching it. Because... <laughs> I mean, a red visor, the Medusans, it just sounds like it's just a little too easy. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, well, like, you know, you're kind of like expecting that. I, I, let's just say we accept it. Yes. But the thing that, and that was hard for me to accept, but okay, fine. Then the other part I just don't accept at all is that when the Kazan are, are chasing down uh, Zero to capture him, her, um, the rest of his compadres are all beelining it for the ship. So they're running away, right? Okay, fine. But they run away, get on the ship, and just take off and don't do a damn thing about saving her. Not one. I don't understand that. They're in a ship. You mean they couldn't just turn the ship around, try to fire on them, scare the Kazan, delay them? I don't think they knew, something? Greg. I don't know. I don't think they knew. that They were all heading for the ship. Zero sees something and doubles okay, back. Okay, then, let, then let's... Fine, then let's say they do that. You, so you mean to tell me they're not going to know right away that one of the people are missing? Yeah, they're true. part of a high... And he, oh wait, and there's a better explanation why this is dumb. Uh, Medusa uh, Zero explained that the Medusans are a hive mind, Actually, similar but yeah. not the but not the same as the Borg. So you mean yeah. to tell me that being in a hive mind, she he she gets kidnapped and yet they don't know anything? Sorry, wrong. So the writing really fell apart for me right there, and I and I don't like how they just put this stuff in, don't explain it, and just figure that you're an idiot and you'll just go along with it. 
gets me crazy. He's not happy. He calls them all tweeps in his notes. <laughs> I've not heard that word yeah. in years. I mean, I just, and I just remembered the hive mind thing. So that makes it even more uh, ridiculous that they even wrote that in there. Sure, they just take off and they automatically know because they're part of the hive mind that she's being taken prisoner or whatever's happening. And yet they do nothing. They just go like, eh, we're just going to fly off and, you know, we're not going to come back and try to save or nothing. It's just too, too easy. And now we okay. go back to the, it's a kid's show thing. Yeah. And I, I, I hate to keep do, drilling this. And I, and, and, I, and I guess that the writers could use that as an excuse. But to me, it's kind of like, come on, there's ways to write around it for the people that are a little smarter than the average bear. And don't treat us all like idiots. Just don't, don't make it that easy and just throw garbage in there. And they, but they do, and it just gets me totally nuts, man. <laughs> Yeah. And like and like you and like you you've said before both of us but especially you it only takes writing a line you could come up with one line or two lines that would totally just explain mm -hmm. it all and yet they don't do it and don't I don't want to hear this garbage that well they only have 21 minutes you know in the half hour please make that longer you can write then? something <laughs> yeah or or even if you don't you come give me a break you can say a line yeah. Get rid of another line that's not so important and put this one line in there that would clearly explain it easily. He's not no, happy, they don't do it. He's, he's not happy. No, it's just, but I just, this is why, this is why, this is what determines what is good writing, what is very good writing, and what is great writing. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what divides it up. You can't necessarily get away with bad writing just because it's a kid's show. That shouldn't, should not be an excuse. Right. But you mentioned something here at the end that I maybe missed out, Gray. Zero wound up uh, in the Divine and Gwen's whole planet, so that's explained now. Uh, yeah, because at it? the end of the at the end of the story, when Zero was captured, somehow she eventually ended up in. Oh, but yeah, she was captured the, by that. Ship the Diviner's race, yeah. right? The Diviner's race bought her whatever they did off the Kazon. We don't know it's then. And it's the Kazon that stole them, doesn't it? That that's capture. The Kazon stole them, right? So, right. So apparently they sold her, sold Zero off to the diviner who so, yeah. was able to use her abilities or whatever you know but now it explains why we originally saw zero involved with the diviner and we never got the backstory in that one so that was cool that they explained how that all ended up yeah thanks to the bloody keys on they just seem to be capturing most of our bloody crew here the sneaky devils that they are now do uh, do, do we want to say something about the case at this point i wanted to keep on going let's keep going because we'll say it i'll say it later good Oh, I, I don't want to steal your thunder, Grace, so we can leave it if you've got a bit coming up about the case. No, sure. because because we haven't even gotten on to uh, uh, Jankum yet, so let's let's continue. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. You could you step out the relevant type. So, yeah. yeah um, we were back with the Diviner. He's, he's still not remembering very much this guy. He's, he's, I mean, I thought I had a bad memory, Grey, but the Diviner <laughs> takes the biscuit. Um, you know, all that, all those drinking days I had back uh, at uni when I was a student and still have got a better memory than Diviner. Um, at this stage okay. now, uh, the Ensign, which I still don't remember her bloody name, the, the one that's... Yeah, I don't either. The one that went from the American accent to the English accent as soon as you turn bad guy. Now the enemy is right. notes here. Um, tells the story. I like this bit, the little storyboards and stuff they had. He... She actually tells the story of what happened when the race actually met Starfleet for the first time. Uh, and I found this whole bit cool, to be fair, great. We we see Chakotay yeah. again. 
Um, it's you know, it seems like they've went through anomaly or something, a time traveling quirk again that sends them to the future. Conveniently enough, um, might be something to do with the proto drive as well. I don't know the way all that works. Um, and they come out of the other end to the diviner's planet. Well, it's not a diviner's planet; it's that mining planet. Um, and it, obviously, the proto star is damaged and whatnot, and it lands. But the people see this. The, the local people see this and wonder what the hell is going on here. Um, they they kind of turn at one point, Gray, they turn against the, the protostar uh, and the crew. Now, I don't recall in this part why they turned, if you recall why they because at first they saw them, they were fascinated. I, I think it was, was it evolution of technology and whatnot and um, things backfired? From what I gathered, it, it apparently some of the population of the diviners race, whatever, um, read or found out a little bit about Starfleet, and they decided that they kind of wanted to follow some of those, some of those traits that they discovered in Starfleet, which caught, which then caused a split in the population, which this is the part where I thought was kind of, kind of good writing. This one little thing, all of a sudden they fixated on it and they blew it all out of proportion and so much that it all consumed their their race and what they felt had to be right or what or wrong or whatever and this of course then blew up over decades centuries whatever um into civil war which then split the planet and which then killed a lot of people blah 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 so they essentially hold starfleet responsible for the fact that a few of them found out a little bit about starfleet and it went from a little problem to a big problem to destroying their race which is which is pretty cool writing i like that and they've carried this revenge factor, uh, blaming Starfleet for the fact that, well, if we never found you, we would never have gone through all this. Yeah. So, it, so to a fault, they followed this to the point where it all consumed their, their race, I guess. Which we've seen before in Star Trek. We've seen before in other sure. sci-fi shows sure. as well. But at, the, at this point, they're, they, they capture Chakotay and the crew. This is the bit that kind of confused me because at the start they loved them but was it soon after they landed that because they could i don't know if they could see into the future or or, or the past soon after they landed it seemed like they'd captured jacote and his crew but then obviously jacote and his crew were able to escape that's the bit that kind of maybe baffled me a little bit this um well what what happened was according to what i saw is jacote and the crew didn't escape they sent the protostar away so that they so that the Diviner's race couldn't grab the protostar. So that's how the protostar got away with no crew. So that means that the crew is still prisoners in the future. Technically. Technically, yeah. Right. So if they're assuming that they're still alive, I would think the way the diviner race would be, they would all be dead. But we'll I think see. the point I was making was when they arrive, when the protostar arrives for the first time, um, then the whole evolution of part of the species follows Starfleet's methods and half of it doesn't. But this takes right. place over years. Yeah, a long time. A long time. Chakotay and his crew are not hanging about this whole time. That's my point. That's the bit that I was a bit miffed at and a bit confused at. So he lands, evolution happens, then he sends the protostar away. That seems like that happened too quick, but it had to have taken place over yeah. eons. Do you see what I mean? I right, they, they don't really thoroughly explain the, they don't. where the time is passing exactly. They don't. 
I mean, it is someone's story, someone's interpretation of it. That's the confusion right. thing. That's the confusing thing. You could make up a number of reasons what happened. Maybe sure. the diviner's race have a way of looking at the past or the future to see what happened. Realize things were going uh, south, and they captured Dakota and his, his crew. They, for whatever reason, they don't. They send the protostar off an autopilot back through the uh, anomaly, right? So I'm thinking right. it. This doesn't take place over a short piece. Uh, this does take place over a short uh, period of time, but why does mm. Jacote and his officer not get on the protostar? He's standing outside with his, uh, assumably his first officer or whatever, round hanging over his shoulder, and and he's smiling when he sends the thing away. Like, why don't you just hop on, mate? Like, what? Why? And I, I I have to go back and probably look at that part again. It's, I thought there was a reason why they couldn't get on it. I I don't remember. Uh, I'd have to go back and look about it. Yeah, whether yeah. it's whether it's weak writing again, I don't know. But fine, we can take for granted that's what happened. And they couldn't get back to the ship, but it, but apparently he, they were saying Chakotay did something last second that basically put the ship into an autopilot yeah. mode and did the last command he could, he could give it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then that was it. That's now they mean. go chasing it though right afterwards, which is like you know they had the whole story about they took a hundred ships and but they did they though because. Was yeah. it immediately after? I thought it was a uh, no because they were, time. They, they were I I well they immediately got this hundred ships. Well, I don't know. Again, we're losing track of some of the timeline it, because yeah, she, you, you don't get the idea. enemy ensign is telling the story, so it's not quite enemy. Ensign. I don't think we're getting the whole story, which is fine. That's fine because you're only getting one side. You know, yeah. either way, they're going to have to find a way somehow to go to the future to save Chakotay. Because technically he's already dead. Well, he hasn't really. I don't know. Timeline. Technically, he was dead. Um, Yeah. As soon as he went to the future, technically he was dead. Um, But it's not the first or the last time Star Trek will do bloody time travel. So even though I've said wrap it for a while, stop it, guys. Um, Yeah, um, that would be interesting to see if they actually do pick him up. But yeah, as as Grace says, after a short period of time, actually before the short period of time. This construct weapon that they had, the last one that they had, they put that on the protostar and they were going to then send that to the Federation and infect them all the way they're trying to do it just now. But that's when Chakotay then sends it away. Um, probably for the best. I would have just set it to bloody auto-destruct, but that's just me. Um, and <laughs> taking one for the team, you're stranded, but you've saved the whole Federation. Uh, but yeah, Gray does mention that just after that, not long after, the anomaly is still open. They send about 100 of their ships or so through the wormhole to try and find the protostar, but the sheer forces of it kind of rip up most of the ships. That We know of at least two get through the Diviner ship and enemy ensign is Grace Connor. Ensign Incensia. There we go. I think that's her bloody name, Incensia or something <laughs> like that. Um those two make it through, but they take a bit of a beating because they start breaking up the ships as they go through. Um, <laughs> Korean notes here, they're single-minded people to a fault as most die. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're going to send 100 of your last people and you're going to go like, we're going we're gonna to change. But I can understand that because they keep thinking that all they have to do is do this one thing to annihilate Starfleet and their whole race is saved and back. And Yeah. You know, so, I, so I get it. You know, I, I can understand that. I do point. find it a little odd. Only two made it through, though. But and yet yeah. those two were able to find the find the uh, 
the Dauntless and all this other stuff. And which brings me to my next point. If, if yeah, you mind, well, your next point, it. I'll let you hit that in a second. But does that maybe? I mean, maybe it partly explains what happened before, but I don't know. I'll let you. I'll let you go off with this uh, section, Greg, because you obviously there's a bee in your bonnet with this one. Well, she goes in the course of her explaining to the diviner and trying to jog his memory and get him to remember everything. She explains that they were floating around for, or they were they came through the time portal thing, whatever the anomaly, and and they arrived three years ago. Now the drift, the diviner mentions that he's been running around for 20 years which he then explain can understand how come they didn't age but he did but then i started thinking about this and i'm going like so you mean that the ensign the, the bad ensign arrived only three years ago so she said she infiltrated starfleet okay i can get i believe that that's fine happens too easily but in three years in three years she makes it all the way up the ranks of to like ensign first class uh ends up getting uh, commissioned and put on the Dauntless of all ships with Vice Admiral Dane, Jane, Janeway, and she did all that in three years. I don't think so. So Possible to me, it's again... Kirk does it quick. I still find that really hard to believe. And so in three years, it just, boom, you're... She, you're, Ray, she, you're she only got to Ensign, which, if, if you look at poor Harry Kim, spent the whole bloody seven seasons on Voyager, has never got a promotion once. Yeah, um, but that, we all know that's dumb, too. I, I know, I know. It, but it's easier to get to Ensign, is what I'm saying, if you do really well. It's maybe a bit of stroke of luck or really hard work to get on a ship like the Dauntless with Vice Admiral Jamie. That's the more unbelievable part for uh, me. But I can explain the year right. difference thing. That's just a time travel thing. Some people, when they go through the wormholes, they'll come out at different times. That, oh, that's yeah, that, a, that's, yeah. That's, that, that I get. That's fine. I, I have no problem with that. It's just the fact, like you said, it, in three years, you should be on a, an exploring ship somewhere. Nothing important like the Dauntless. And yet she must have made lots of friends. She had, I mean, she wasn't like, it wasn't like she was running around paying people off. You know, like, here, here's thousands of dollars in cash. Why don't you promote me to on, onto the Dauntless? <laughs> So I just think that's a little weak. I mean, you're not going to get too nutty about it, but it's just, it's just again, yeah. weak. It is a bit far-fetched, but I mean, I, I, I can see it. I can see it. It's not something I mean, again, what day. would it, think about it, like you always say, right? We've been saying over and over again, <clears throat> why don't you just change one line? Now, if she had said, we, we appeared 10 years ago, whereas the diviner appeared 20 years ago, whatever. Okay. Now she had 10 years to figure this out. You know, stuff. I could have accepted that. You know, three years. Wow, man, you're like, or even five. Good. Gives you a bit longer to or, get right. Or even five. And, re- and remember, and also remember, she was tra- she was traveling around around with the transformer guy the entire time. The transformer. That's a good point. So actually. we so we have this this robot guy dressed. No, he's been like a, a table. table. He's been a table the whole exactly. time. He's been a table. Some sitter going like, so. <laughs> So does that mean that we should get this now? Does that mean that which is I would like to be on the da- I would like to be on the Dauntless. By the way, I have the, my favorite table. Can you bring that with me? Uh, that, this poor robot table guy, like that's the first <laughs> time probably he's transformed in three years. At, in last week's episode, in last yeah. week's episode, he's went, "Oh, thank God for that." That's right, yeah, <laughs> man. Touch it out. Oh, robot table guy. It's, it's that's what we just call him. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it is far fetched. It is far fetched. Uh, Point, point granted. Um, uh, we, we're still on the uh, the memory train here um, with backstory, and our, our man Jankum is up next. Jankum Pog. Um, 
This one was a bit funnier and a bit sad at the same time, and I don't know if I believe mm. it. At the end of this point, I'll explain why. He's put into a cryosleep chamber uh, pre-Federation, which blew my mind. It turns yeah. out that a lot of the orphan uh, Tellarites back then put themselves forward for deep space missions, which is cool and admirable and, and all that. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it's a old-fashioned science fiction storytelling trait. He wakes up too early. His pod goes on the fritz and he wakes up too early. Now, when he wakes up too early, there's a goddamn stupid, dumbass robot that is... The, I mean, my my Alexa... De- oh, I'm going to set her off. My Alex device here has got more intelligence than this bloody robot. <laughs> it's <laughs> safe to say, Gray. This, this thing... When Jankum wakes up, he's asking this little robot AI thing what's going on. But the robot AI just is really shit. The only way it will respond is A, if you state your name at the start, and B, a clear and obvious question. It's the only way you can do it. So he's, ah, yeah, Jankum Pog, uh, what's going on here? And then the robot states, yeah, it's went on the fritz and whatnot. Then after this, there seems to be one malfunction after the other on the ship. And it's just a little montage of Jankum going around fixing things. But he's explaining that he's only a junior uh, trainee engineer at this stage. He doesn't yeah. know much. Wake up one of the uh, proper engineers. But because that's not a simple enough query for the dumbass robot, he's like, screw it, Jankum will do it himself. And he goes about fixing stuff all the time. One thing to another. Things keep breaking. And then and then the, the toilet is, gets blocked. And it's like Jankum, block, uh, Jankum Pog's not fixing that. Next scene, yeah, he's fixing that. Covered in God knows what else. Yeah. Um, and at the end of that scene, um, he's about to go back into sleep, but there's a, there's a, I think I'm jumping ahead of myself here, these two points, but they go together. There's an oxygen leak um, at the next part here, and Jankum is about to go to sleep, but he's like, oh, okay, I better go and fix that. And the dumbass robot, not so dumb this time, explains that we've only got enough, you know, if you if you, if you you keep living and not go back into stasis, then we don't have enough oxygen for everyone. But he can't get himself back into the cryo sleep chamber. That's the problem there. I don't know if it's still broken or whatnot at this stage. So that's the point where he goes, would we have enough oxygen if it was just 29 people? And then that's when the robot confirms, yeah, we kind of w- uh, would. But Grey notes here, we now know why Jank and Paul talks, talks so much in the third person. Because of that bloody robot, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yes, to see Jank and Paul. It got ingrained in his head that he kept on saying, because he had to, he had to keep on sp- saying his name all the time. So that's cool. I mean, that, that, now that's good writing, because I was Funny. it was really annoying me as to why does he always do this? I said, it's not a tell right so, thing. Exactly, and so now we understand why. So now I would assume, mm. going forward, that Jankum's going to talk less and less in the third person. At least uh, I hope I so. Don't anyway. know, man. It's, it's kind of well. He, he did, well, he in, in this episode, you notice he didn't do a lot of third person. Only when he was talking about his story, um, when he was talking to the crew, he didn't say he didn't talk third person as much. So I'm wondering whether point. he's kind of cooling his jets on that. That's a point, we'll man. We we'll need to pay more of attention to the next episodes and see if that's a thing he does. Um, yeah, uh, this was, that was funny, that whole montage thing. Um, but the fact that he sacrifices himself for everyone else, I don't know if I believe that. And we'll soon see if that's just a ruse or a misdirect because 
he can be a bit selfish, Jankum Pog. So I don't know if I believe that. But you know, on paper, it looks like he's saved himself. He saved everyone else there, yeah. so that he, he, you know, he would escape. I think I think it was real because he's talking about his his people, and he looks sad as and, well and whatnot. You know, but he figures he can make it on his own. So what the heck? So what? he goes off. But the the funnier part, though, I thought was kind of cute too. Is he he's leaving? He's going going to the skate pod to you know to sacrifice himself, sort of you know, for his people, and then he tells the robot to make sure they all know my name, and of course the robot immediately forgets who he is. <laughs> and he's like, God damn, really? <laughs> so you kidding me? So he's like, oh, I forget it. No wonder Jenko Pog's ingrained in the brain, I don't blame him. Um, he does leave in the escape pod, uh, but then who catches him? The bloody K is on. Again, these guys are, you don't see them for forever, and they make more appearances than you care to remember. Uh, great notes, what's up with them? They're just slime balls, mate. That's what's up with them. Um, and I they, know, but... and they really need to put some, some I don't know, some good shampoo in that hair of theirs because that's a goddamn mess. Have you seen that? Especially from the Voyager series. Yeah. I'm like, you guys need to visit a barber it, it, or a hairdresser or something, man. The only thing is, I, 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 I guess I understand that this is a rolling gag or something like that, but, but it's starting to get a little old for me because I'm going like, K's on here, K's on there, here, there, 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 here, there, there. Too much. Uh huh. I just I'm not gonna sit there and accept the fact that the Kazan did all this to all the crew, you know. Oh, what a coincidence! Like most of them anyway, certainly. Yeah, and yeah. it's just not making sense now. I'm going like, what? Like, you know, he could have been picked up by somebody else. It didn't have to be Kazan. Yeah, you know, they're just the, the ultimate bad guys yeah. this time round. Um, yeah, I mean, come on. You, you you're not everywhere. I'll let you do the. Uh, well, you'd be surprised, actually, Gray. Um, I'll let you cover Murph's uh, uh, back, background story. <laughs> Murph's story is that he comes from a race of these uh, blobs that goes way back to cartoons. No. Actually, we don't know anything. They just ask Murph, what's your story? And, of course, he just burps. You know, he says, <laughs> he says, blah. And that was like, ah, and they're all laughing and stuff like that. But we still don't know anything about Murph or where he came from. I assume this is going to be some episode someday. You know, be. whatever. Better be. But I did like the I did like what came next. They the proto drive is repaired and they gotta crank it up and they give the honors to Rock and he puts his big old hand on the thing and just and the, the proto drive starts kicking up. So that was cool. Charging up anyway. It's not as simple as yeah. just hit it. It's uh they need to recharge the batteries, man. How quaint in Star yep. Trek. Um but yeah, kinda of clo- closing up the episode. It's a little bit shorter than the normal this episode. Um well no, same length, it's just not as many separate noteworthy things to mention. Um, the, closing up the episode, we have we see Hollow Janeway. Uh, I like Hollow Janeway. This is when she was kind of Captain-esque and still a bit innocent. Mm. Um, her backstory, she's, the crew asked what her backstory is. I'm like, well, she was created as a hologram by probably some person. Like, what, what do you need to know? But they're wanting to know what the real Jamie's like. She's got her memories up to that point. And she mentions, she only mentions Molly, which, uh, if you've ever watched Voyager, is only mentioned a couple of times. That's her dog, was her dog. She also mm. goes into a lot more detail. I highly recommend for you, Gray, and other people, there is a book and audio book on Janeway, um, what happened after, well, her early years before she hit Captain as she hits mm. Captain up to the stage where they go to the Delta Quadrant, it is a fascinating, fascinating, fascinating read. I'm not a reader, but uh, I listened to the audiobook version, and it's Kate Mulgrew that, that voices it. 
it's just a delight to listen to how she goes up the ranks, what she does. She mentions her dog Molly several times. That's why I know this really, really, really well. Um, yeah, you, for a minute there, you scared me because I thought it was the whole book on how Molly went up the ranks. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it could be something to, to, could be similar to Cosmo from my Gardens of the Galaxy, the talking dog. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, uh, the raccoon, well, the dog. Molly's, a, I don't know if she's a golden retriever or whatnot, but um, yeah, no, she loves her dog dearly. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's all we know about Hollow Janeway and the memories she has, basically. We're back with, uh, at the end of the episode, with uh, Vice Admiral Janeway. Um, and at this stage, she is told that the Diviner is a person that put out the bounty for the Proto Star crew. Uh, it's at this point point here and i noted that at the start of the episode she notices gwen she calls up gwen looks at her in closer detail and then she's clicking ah she looks like the diviner like they took you how bloody long how long have you had this pad in front of you woman <laughs> like you're supposed to be the smartest of the smart and right you just I, I was waiting for her to point out right away oh <laughs> that's you know whatever and then they could go into the rest of it right but just the but light she bulb. never says anything it's just like, yeah, exactly. Are you blind? It's right there, uh, you know. I, I, yeah. That, well, we'll let that off. It was, it was amusing that she didn't find out as long as she bloody did. Uh, but she does click. Yeah, okay, wait a minute. She looks exactly like the diviner. Um, and Gray notes here as well that uh, Vice Admiral Janeway and uh, our number one figure out that the kids are not criminals. They're just kids that are way over their heads. Now at this stage here, Gray, what makes you? I mean. Why does she think at this stage they're not criminals? They did steal the ship after all. Their kids, doesn't matter if their kids are adults, they still took it. Why do you think she thinks they're not kids, at, uh, they're not criminals at this stage? Because she's, she's Vice Admiral Janeway and she knows, knows everything. No, no. My guess was more like uh, since a bounty was put out on them, especially on kids, mm. which probably doesn't happen very often, she's starting to put two and two together and go like, this is really weird and kind of odd. So yeah. I kind of figure, you know, it doesn't. It would have been nice if there was a little more explanation behind it, but I, I it's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can, I can live with that too. I think actually. Although she does say earlier that that scene, she was saying, or maybe it was a scene before, um, she was saying something like, "Well, these kids, you know, she didn't, she didn't use this word, but I'm using it. Outsmarted the Tal Shiar and Starfleet." No, they did. She did say that. She didn't. But she didn't say the word outsmarted though. She just said that they got through them and then like. Yeah, and I'm sitting there going like, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Now you're admitting again what we said last week that was stupid. That is like how the how does this happen? Like, yeah, not a good explanation. But again, it's a kid show. That is. Let's uh, fall back. Let's fall back on that one again. I'd almost forgotten about that. Actually, <laughs> that's a very good point, Greg. Yeah, she does mention that at one point. Um, so at this point, she then going. She then heads towards the diviners' quarters. Um, and I think she's she's speaking to security via com badge, just asking her, asking security to do a bit of a, a recce and a background search on these people to see if she can find out more about them. Um, and what was it? Who was it she was trying to find out more about? Actually, I'm trying to remember here, Gray. Can't remember. Um, I think was. it was more it was more towards the the diviner, but she was starting to piece some things together. So she knew something because. When she said, where's the ensign, and the, or where's the diviner? Yeah. And they said that he was in the ensign's, ensign's quarters. quarters yeah. So she's kind of like on, 
yeah, we need some explanation behind this. Yeah. So she's already starting to think this is weird. Yeah. She's and so she being sucks. a being a good admiral, vice admiral, whatever, she calls for security like you should. Yeah. To more or less meet her over there. Um obviously to meet them outside. Uh and I don't think yeah. she was no, I don't think that happened. She got she was asking them to do She got there before them. A check on them or something. Because if they are going to meet mm-hmm. her there, then that this last part here, which she literally Jamie walks up to the door. Uh, now I'm sorry. She just—I don't know if this is a admiral thing that you just walk through someone's private quarter doors without chapping or anything. Well, it it's a security thing happening, right? Yeah. She should have did overrid it, but she she can go right through. Or, she catches yeah. them red hands. There's bad ensign. There's transformer robot table guy, and there's a diviner all <laughs> having a jolly. And she's like, "What's going on here, man? What have I what have I walked into?" Before the diviner just sneaks up behind her and does the whole, I just, I just immediately thought of Austin Powers judo chop, yeah, <laughs> right trying to chop on the neck. It like, instantly sorry, puts you out. You do that, and that make what? That makes you pass out, does it? They've, they've done that. They've done that for years, man. They did that. Way you have back to do it and... to the head, not to the bloody shoulder yeah. blade. That's going to do nothing apart from her. Well, I think the <laughs> how that all came about, besides looking like it's a judo karate thing that make that's cool or whatever. <laughs> But they've been using that now oh, going way back to like old shows in the 60s and 70s and stuff like that. And I think part of the reason they do that is because they didn't want to get too violent. Yeah, so I get that. It's, instead of cracking her on the head and she's bleeding or whatever, they just go out to do the karate chop. They get the kid show. <laughs> Judo chop. Uh, she's right. out. She's yeah, out. Man. Gone. The episode ends. Um, it was better than last week. Gray gives it a seven and a half out of ten. Gray, I'd probably give it a mm-hmm. seven myself. You would it, did? It's safe to say you did like the episode, but obviously not perfect yeah. for you. Yeah, I liked it, but but again, the little the easy stuff that they just don't flesh out. The writers is just you know sticks in my craw. It could have been yeah. if they had corrected that stuff and wrote the proper lines or whatever to explain things. It probably would have been a eight. Maybe yeah. even a nine, really? but wow. it's just, wow. maybe, maybe. But it, but it's just too much when you start seeing these really dumb things going on. It's just... They happen a lot. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. true. Um, I'm just glad to go back to some better form. You know, it doesn't need to be yeah. ten or nine out of ten every week. Just you want yeah. a solid seven and eights most weeks. I would say, um, no, not decent at all. We're we're kind of getting near the end here. That's episode sixteen, so four episodes left to go. So. Sure. I'd love to see what happens with Jacote in the future if they can save him. Do the whole slingshot at war- at slipstream round the sun to see if that messes shit up even more, Gray. Um, but yeah, and then they got then they got to get away from this time travel stuff. Another thing that's just too just much. Wrap it. Don't even do the time travel stuff. Let Jacote find his own way back. That'd be even better. Um, yeah. But yeah, so um, decent. We're going to wrap up there, guys. Thank you for coming along. Um, we'll do the usual call to arms. Um, if you can leave a comment below what you'd like to see more of uh, from our episodes, let us know below. And obviously give us the thumbs up and a cheeky subscribe if you like this. If you don't, thumbs down, that's fine. It's cool. I won't take it personally. Um, but of course, we, we've got this on all audio pl- platforms as well on podcasts. So you can listen. You don't need to watch um, any service you listen to music or podcasts on. It's pretty much there. Um, find us there at The Trekway and on um, Twitter at The Trekway. And Gray and I will do an entertainment pod along with a couple of our other friends and colleagues once a month. We've got an episode up not that long ago on Gray's pod. It's called Gray's Green Room. 
YouTube, again, audio po- po- podcast platforms, again, and Twitter, exact same handle, Grey's Green Room. And again, because we just love pods and killing ourselves all the time, we do a gaming pod as well. We're doing one tonight with our friend Nick at Extreme PC UK. If you go to that website, we have a whole entertainment section uh, on the Discord there. And we can chew the fat and talk about Star Trek and all kinds of things as well. Feel free to invite yourself to the server. But until Mm -hmm. next week, thanks for coming along, Gray. Thanks for people watching and do your thing, mate. See you later, guys. Bye-bye.